Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. I'm excited. It's exciting to see what happens when kids get involved and students. Um, one of the things that changes everything is when the young people are grasping faith. The Bible says that if we have the faith of little children, that's actually what gets us into heaven, right? That's, that's the kind of faith that it takes to get into heaven is this simple belief that God is real and powerful and almighty and everything that we need. And um, kids don't have a problem with that. We do. And adults do. And so, uh, or at least most of us do. Or at least I do. And so, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you guys. I'm excited to be here this morning and um, be inside the building. We are blessed to be here. We are blessed to have an opportunity to come together and hang out and and just see what God's going to do. Um, again, happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully you're celebrating somebody you love and care about and you're able to um, connect at, at least in some regard. We have been in a series called, wait, what? Can you do that with me? Wait, what? You got to do that, what? All right. Don't do, wait, what? Okay, that's boring. Wait, what? And that, that it's a series about simply saying nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. We have gone through a whole bunch of different uh, stories about wait what moments in Scripture. Wait what, wait, uh, Mary, when we started at Christmas, believe it or not, we started at Christmas with Mary giving birth to the Son of God. Wait what? Little teenager girl, little teenage girl hearing from God and saying, you're going to have the Son of God. That's a wait what moment. That's crazy. Abraham and Sarah having a baby at 100 years old. Wait, what? I'm 59 and I can't even imagine starting right now again. We have our, our grandkids and I, they wear me out. We talked about Gideon defeating an army of 135,000 with 300 people. We talked about David and Goliath, a, defeat, a, a teenager with five stones defeating a giant warrior. Andrew and Philip found the Messiah. Wait, what? They found the Messiah, and when they did, guess what they did? They told somebody. They told their, their brother and friend to come and see the Messiah. Elisha and the widow, a fountain of oil out of a little bit of oil that was left to fill jars that ended up paying her debt and uh, allowing her sons not to go into slavery, and they ended up with enough to live on for the rest of their lives. That's the way God supplies. Last week we talked about Lazarus raising from the dead. Wait, what? Dead people coming back to life? That's crazy talk. That's, wait, what moments? And we've talked about all that. And, and the simple truth is, if you have any faith in the Bible, the Word of God, the holy inspired Word of God, this means that the God that lived then lives today. And that there is nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too complicated. There's nothing too difficult. There's nothing beyond him that he cannot do. There is nothing too hard for God. So what do you think about when you hear this? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. 
Who, who is your enemy today? Who is, who is the one that is against you? Who is the one that doesn't like you? Who is the one that is, is somebody that, that you know doesn't, uh, you don't connect with and, and, and you don't really appreciate who they are, what they are, or the person that's really hurt you? The person who's abused you. The person who's taken advantage of you. The person who's messed you over. The person who's robbed from you. The person who's stolen your innocence. The person who uh, took um, something precious from you. The person who broke your relationship and was unfaithful in your relationship. All of a sudden, this verse gets very personal, doesn't it? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. The honest truth is if my emotions start the conversation, they go immediately to my dad. And I'm just being raw. That's a very difficult relationship for me. I just remember pain. I remember hurt. I remember a lack of love. I remember some of his last words to me. And those things mess me up. Those things kind of take me out and um, put me in in an emotional state where I don't like to be. And it's hard to pray. My dad's passed. He's with the Lord. I know he uh, accepted Christ and he knew Jesus and and I'm I'm glad he's there. (laughs) I'm so glad he's there. And there's going to be another day where I get to see him again. And say, Dad, I prayed for you. I prayed for us. I prayed for me that I would have a heart that's tender instead of a heart that's hard. If my faith starts the conversation, then I start praying right away. And I ignore the emotion. I put the emotion aside and I say, okay, uh, I need to pray for my enemies. I need to love those who persecute. I love my enemies and pray for those who persecute me. And so I need to pray um, just for my relationship with my dad. Even though he's gone, I still pray sometimes so, so that it doesn't take a hold of me. Today we start a prayer initiative, a prayer focus, if you will, on uh, what we're going to call the 1040 prayer initiative. Pray for 10 people for 40 days, 10 people that you intend on inviting to meet Jesus. Now, if you want to call it inviting to church, you know when you get here, they're going to meet Jesus, okay? If you want to invite them just an opportunity to witness and and share your faith with them. That's exactly what we want you to do and where we want us all to be. And so uh, we're going to be praying for all of those things. You you have um, tools in your hands. You have this card, this 1040 initiative. On the back of it is exactly what we want to see. Be my guest. Using these cards as tools to uh, invite people to come. We're not asking people to come to Journey Church. We're asking people to come and meet Jesus. Amen? So you're always just thinking those terms. Hey, I, you can say, I want you to come to my church. I love my church. I love my Jesus. And that's who I want you to meet. So come and be my guest. And on the other side of that is 10 lines of, uh, of names that you'll write in there. And, then, and you'll begin to pray for the next 40 days, starting on Wednesday. The next 40 days, it will lead us right to Easter. And my prayer is that our capacity will blow all protocols aside. That our, uh, everybody who attends uh, will have issues with the county. <clears throat> it's okay. 
That would be the best issue to have. Amen? Amen. So we want to pray and pray for 10 days. You've also been given a tool. These are 20 ways to pray. 20 ways to pray for your friends and pray for yourself so that you can invite them to meet Jesus. And so there's a tool. There's there's no excuses. We've tried to remove any barriers to the idea that um, you can't uh, invite someone. Because in, in the 10... In, in the 40 days that we pray for these 10 people, you will have the opportunity to experience seeing them come to Christ and do something very, very uh, powerful, which is simply believe in the very um, love of who Jesus is. And we are going to have a great time seeing that happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. God wants our church to grow. God wants our church, the church of people. It's not, you know, we, you realize we, we've not been in a building, but we've, the church has never stopped meeting. The church has always been online. The church has always been together. The church uh, has always met outside in the parking lot, then in this parking lot, and now here we are again. The church is meeting in the building. And um, I'm excited about that. And as we invite people to meet Jesus, Lives are going to change. Our community will change. The hope of our community will change. Everything will take on new meaning and a powerful experience in Christ. So we continue this wait what experience. And today I want to talk about when Jesus was on the cross. And he prayed a prayer on that cross. Now let me give you a little bit of detail, just a a little bit of context of what's leading up to the cross. And that is that Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and there he prayed and he prayed hard, so hard that he sweat drops of blood. At one point asking God, not my will, but thy will be done. If it's possible, Lord, you can take this cup from me, this cup of sacrifice, this cup of dying on the cross. But if not, Lord, whatever your will is, that's what I want for my life. And so that's exactly what Jesus prayed in that Garden of Gethsemane. So much so that when he realized and he understood the intense experience he's going to have going through it, he um, sweats drops of blood. He was arrested in that same garden. Peter, the the crazy disciple, pulls out a sword and goes, and cuts off the ear of a soldier. Jesus is like, Peter, 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 Peter. No, we're not here to fight a battle like that. He picks up the ear, puts it back on, and heals the soldier's ear. I wonder what that soldier walked away with that moment. That's a, wait, wait, what? (laughs) Just happened here. Jesus went away from there, and he faced an unjust and uh, 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 a very bad uh, court appearance. And ended up being beat and punched in the face and the beard pulled out. These were guards who took part in this. The scourging. This is one of the, 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 the uh, most crazy moments in, in Jesus' uh, crucifixion process of when he was scourged. He was stretched out on a pole and uh, a, a whip with uh, shards of of clay and stone were uh, attached to that whip and he was scourged 40 times. So much so that most um, theologians and even some doctors believe that 
the, the, there was so much flesh that it was likely his bones were showing um, just because he had been beat so, poor, so, so much. Again, by guards. Roman guards. The march to the cross was another journey that was happening where he was um, going up to the cross and, and during that time he was uh, carrying um, the, the cross bar of the cross and at one point got so tired that um, he fell or at least the guards uh, assumed that he could not carry that crossbar any further. And that's where we pick up the story in Luke 22 or 23 verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 26. And it says, As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from, uh, in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Should I use the handheld? I'll just, I'll just stand up. And made him carry the cross behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. These were likely Mary and Martha and the different people that he had touched and healed and delivered and set free while he was on, uh, in ministry. In verse 28, he does this crazy thing. While he's walking to the cross, he says, he says this, Jesus turned to them, the women, and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? I want to take a little rabbit trail here just for a moment because this is a really important passage where Jesus says to the to to the women that are, are wailing, that are mourning. He's saying, don't, don't mourn for me. Mourn for those that are misjudging who I am. Well, we're in a situation today in our country, in our world, where people don't know what to do with Jesus. And the unfortunate thing is they are misjudging who Jesus is for two reasons. One, they're misjudging the reality that he is the savior of the world. He's the one that sets people free. He's the one that forgives all of our sin. He's the one that heals our bodies and sets us free and gives us hope for eternal life. That's the Jesus that is available to everybody today. But not only that, he's also the Jesus that will judge. He's also the Jesus that someday... Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord, not because they're saved, but because they recognize that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And there will be a judgment day. There will be a judgment day. And what he's saying to these women is, is if this is the way people treat an innocent man who is healthy and innocent, can you imagine how they will treat people when they're guilty? Can you imagine uh, what is really going to happen on Judgment Day? Can you imagine what's going to happen when uh, the, 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 instead of the innocent person being persecuted, now the guilty are? We need to understand in our country today, it is so in need of Jesus. 
It is so in need of Jesus. I'm not making a political statement. I'm making a, 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 a if we want to change things, if we want to see God move, if we want to see this ha- that our, our country go from its current condition to a new, fresh, and, and, and revival condition, then they need Jesus. And that's why we must pray for 10 people for 40 days. And beyond, if necessary. Yeah. So that we can see our country changed. It's, there will be a judgment day. And we need to understand that. And Jesus was telling these people, if this is the way they treat me, an innocent man, can you imagine how bad it's going to get later on? In verse 32, it goes on to say, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place they called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. This is a cool moment because this is a fulfillment of prophecy that happened hundreds of years prior in, in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. It says, Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. And was numbered with the transgressors. In other words, he was going to be crucified with other transgressors. And here he is, hundreds of years later, fulfilling prophecy. That same passage goes on. He says, he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Made intercession for the transgressors. Listen to the next verse. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So who, is this, who are these people dividing up these clothes and casting lots? It's the guards. The guards. The ones who beat him and pulled out his beard. The, one who scour- the ones who scourged him. The ones who led him up to the, 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 the skull. The place of the skull. The ones who, who beat him. That's who he's praying for right now. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Wow. I've titled this message An Unearthly Kind of Love. An unearthly kind of love. This is the kind of love that it takes to reach the lost. This is the kind of love that it takes to reach your friend and my friend your family, my family, our co-workers, and especially our enemies. Our enemies that want to silence our voice. Our enemies that want to silence our, our hearts and our minds. Jesus prays an unearthly kind of prayer with an unearthly kind of love. The Bible says in Luke 6, 27 through 30, it says this simply, but you who are listening But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And here he is doing that very thing. Talk about practicing what you preach. Talk about taking a stand on the the Bible and and his word. He's doing exactly. That's what's beautiful about Jesus. There was never any inconsistency. You look at my life, you're going to go, oh, that didn't match up, you know. But you talk about Jesus, there was never this inconsistency. There was never this this place where he didn't practice what he was preaching. And, And very, right on the cross, in the worst position, 
being treated in the worst way. He's doing the craziest thing of praying a prayer for those that are persecuting him. Jesus' love has no boundaries. Jesus' forgiveness sees no hurdles. He wants to redeem the life and the relationship with these soldiers. He wants to make a difference in their lives. He intercedes for his enemies while on the cross. I'm certain that we can intercede for those when we're not on the cross. I mean, I I hope you can find at least 10 names. And if you have to, go and introduce yourself to your grocery clerk and say, what's your name? Okay, all right. Number nine, (laughs) you know, that guy that's sitting at the bus stop with his uh, uh, grocery cart and, and cans hanging off the side, go find out his name. Write his name down. Let's see that life change. Jesus can do that on the cross. If Jesus can pray this prayer on the cross, we can certainly pray it now. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Verse 35, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is God's Messiah, the chosen one, they're they're taunting him. They're, they're, They're ridiculing him. They're teasing him. Who is this guy that hangs on the cross? If he, if he hangs there, if he says he can save people, then why isn't he saving himself? And what, he didn't, what, what people didn't know, and the irony of this statement is simply this, is that he's saving the world. And in three days, he's going to do exactly what they're saying. <laughs> he's going to do exactly what they're saying. He's going to pop out of that grave, and he's going to come back to life. I think if Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok were existing then, there probably would have been those guys that were saying, King of the Jews, not. Hashtag King of the Jews. Hashtag couldn't save himself. Hashtag canceled. It's probably what they'd be doing if Jesus were here today. It's probably what they'd be saying on those social media sites and Verse 36 says, So the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Again, taunting, but this prophecy is fulfilled. In in Psalm 22, verse 6 and 7, it says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Again, hundreds of years prior to him ever being on this planet. The truth is told. In verse 38 it says, There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews again, a mockery. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You know, you and I are going to face all kinds of challenges in our lives. And um, people are going to look at you and they're going to say, well, you know, if your Jesus was really your Jesus and he's so powerful, why are you going through these challenges? And I, we have COVID. I had COVID. 
a month or two ago, and I'm, you know, praise God, I'm, I'm not even on a medication right now. I'm not on anything. I'm completely healed. <clears throat> My wife, who's standing here next to me, had it, and she's completely healed, and our entire family is completely healed. Dave Bautista's here today, and he is, and he, <laughs> you're a miracle, dude, and um, I just praise God for that, but it's how we go through it, it's not what we go through. It's the faith that it takes to go through it. And I'm not, I'm not claiming big faith. Because I had doubts in the middle of it. I had frustrations in the middle of that experience. I had long conversations with Jesus going, what's going on here? Wait a minute, aren't you the guy that, you know, rose from the dead? And aren't you the guy that could, like, just speak and this would all be gone right now? And that would be really cool. And I would scream your name to high heaven, just letting everybody know. And he goes, just let me heal you my way. <laughs> and he did. And I praise God for that. And I'm not sure why he healed me and he doesn't others and those kinds of things. But I, and I'm not here to explain all that. But I am here to let you know. I'm here to let you know that the king is able to do anything. Nothing is too difficult for God. And so when they said, save yourself, they're again mocking him. And what the irony of this mockery is simply this, is that he was getting ready to do exactly what they said. But the criminal, the other criminal, rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. I think it's really important to understand that the confession, the things that we confess, the things that we, we uh, need to get out, we need to admit. And what made this criminal unique is that he was willing to admit that his sin deserved punishment. We all do that. We all, all of our sin deserves punishment. It's only by the grace of God that we don't get punished, that we get to spend eternity with God. It's only because of the work that Jesus was doing on the cross that we today can, can be righteous and holy. And we sung about it <clears throat> this morning. And I praise God for that. So if you're worried about confessing, don't. Do it. Don't, um, don't I mean, don't worry about it. Confess it. Okay, that sounded weird. <laughs> it didn't quite, out, quite come out like the rhythm that I intended it. Don't worry about it. Confess it. And let Jesus take it from there because he does in this man's life. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. That's the redemptive power of God. That's the redemptive nature of who he is. He'll take a criminal on a cross that deserves death and redeem that life. So your life is no less. If you're online and you're thinking, man, I'm just testing this thing out. I'm just trying to see what happens with Christianity, what's going on. If you're, on, if you're out there, if you're here on site, whatever, whatever circumstance you're in, God is a redeeming God. He will set you free. He will give you hope and you will be with him someday in paradise. Praise God. Paradise, uniquely, 
the, the, the word paradise means a place for the righteous. Listen, can you imagine that, that criminal thinking, what? Wait, what? I'm going to be in the place of the righteous with you? The only, place, the only people that can go there are righteous people. And that, again, he's realizing that Jesus has the power to make him righteous. Jesus has made us righteous. He's taken our sins and cleansed us. And now we wear this robe that, that God looks at us and he goes, Oh, you are a pure child of the king. Praise God. It took faith to trust in a dying king. Think about it for a moment. That criminal had to, had to believe that the one who was dying next to him was actually more powerful than the death he was going to experience. He had to have faith in a dying king. And he went and spent eternity and is there today. And could probably tell some crazy stories. Verse 44 it was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun st stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. This is one of the most powerful parts of this whole story, is simply that the, the, the curtain represented a barrier uh, between the people and the presence of God. And the only, the only person that could go beyond that was the high priest, and if uh, there was sin in his life or in, in the camp of the, wor of, of the Israelites, he would die. Then they would pull him out because they kept a rope on him. <clears throat> and this curtain was torn in two when Jesus was on the cross. And that, the power of that is simply this, is that you and I now have free access into the presence of the Lord. And we, we don't have to worry about going through a priest. We don't have to worry about a mediator of any kind other than Jesus. And he has finished the work so that you says, can boldly walk in to the throne of God. And we can talk to the Father on our own. Isn't that powerful? That's awesome. There's so many good things going on here. And then verse 46, Jesus called out a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Listen to this now, verse 47. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. Father, listen, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The soldier, we're not told that it's necessarily the guy that was gambling anything, his clothes or anything, but some, that one of the soldiers, one of the guards, recognized who Jesus was. Because he saw Jesus on a cross sacrifice and love and give himself away. Pray for him. Pray for him. The righteous is praying for the guilty. And the guilty recognizes that the righteousness of Jesus is really real. And all of a sudden this soldier walks away with the reality that Jesus is the savior of the world. This is not just a confession that this man was innocent. This was a confession that this man was righteous, which is a different word than innocent, which simply means he recognizes the godness of who Jesus is. Really interesting thought here. There were four people, not Christians, that recognized the innocence of Jesus. There was Pilate. There was Herod. 
There was the criminal and then the centurion. All four recognized the innocence of Jesus. It's a powerful reality when people become aware of who Jesus is. And that's all we're doing about praying for 10 people for 40 days. All we're asking is the opportunity. We're asking God to open the door, prepare the heart. You'll look at this, at this uh, prayer guide and you'll, you'll see that there are opportunity after opportunity just to pray for their heart. Pray for a change in, in the way you communicate with them. Pray for an opportunity to open the door and see God do something crazy and radical. And when we start doing that, we're going to see lives changed and hearts moved upon and people saved. That's the goal. That's the ambition. I was talking to one of my students in my class the other day, and, 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 and they're, they're talking about what community means in a church. And they wrote about it, and they, they were all writing that we need each other, and we need accountability, and we need all this stuff. And I said, yes, but what happens when we do all of that? If we just do that and we only focus on that, then we fall short of becoming the body of Christ, which is what community is intended to be. We're not just a club. We're a body that supports and loves each other so that we can be a light to this world. And that is the power of this moment as we begin to pray together for 10 people. And look at how many people are in this room. How many hundreds of people are we going to be praying for? That God would redeem their souls and redeem their lives and, and give us the opportunity to invite them to be our guest to meet Jesus. This soldier was the man whom Jesus prayed for. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I can imagine that if the soldier had a social media account, what would his hashtag be? His hashtag would be, he's real. His hashtag would be, he's innocent. His hashtag would be, the real king of the Jews. Maybe his last hashtag would be, my savior. Should I pray for my neighbors? I pray for my friends, my coworkers, my family members that don't know Jesus. That someday their hashtag would be my Savior. The last verse in this passage all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, beat their breasts, and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. And the beating of the breasts mean that there was a regret. That there was a realization that they made a mistake. They just killed the true king of the Jews. Will you and I pray that our world doesn't face that judgment we talked about earlier, but that the people closest to us, the people that are within reach of us, that we could pray, that we would have the opportunity to lead them to meet Jesus. Let's pray an unearthly kind of prayer with an unearthly kind of love. Ten forty starts this Wednesday. It's not anything. We're, we're not going to be calling you on the phone and going, "Did you pray today?" 
We're going to be reminding you, social media, we're going to be reminding you with tools and technology and those kinds of things, but at the same time, most importantly, this has to be something that we own as individuals and that we do as a corporate body. And when we do that, we're going to see the transition from unbelief to belief. We're going to see the transition of opportunity, things that you didn't believe. You're going to go, wait, what? You want to talk? Well, your friends, your coworkers are going to go, what's this Jesus thing you're talking about? You're going to go, wait, 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 what? You want to talk? Wait, you, I have a card for you. Wait, you're going to be my guest? Really? God's going to surprise you with his work. And we're going to see him move. And lives change. You guys, I'm so excited. This may be one of the most important messages I've ever preached. Because I believe it is a turning point for us. It's a moment for four, the next 40 days for us to focus on what we are here for. And that is to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ and make of them disciples. And when we do that, we will see God bless beyond measure. We will see God bless beyond our wildest imaginations. And I pray that today you will see God do something in your friend, in your co-worker's life, as we pray that unearthly prayer with unearthly love that their lives will change. There's one thing I want to do before we end. It's simply this. I know that some of you were hurt. And when we start talking about praying for our enemies, when we start talking about praying for those who persecute us, like me, if your emotions get in the way of your faith, then all of a sudden you're kind of angry and you're frustrated and you don't want to there's a, that's, a, that's a barrier that we need to break down. And I simply want to pray with you. I simply want to pray with you. If you're online and you're hurt and you're broken and you're, you, you get angry or you, you, you don't want to think about it, uh, the person that's hurt you or abused you or whatever, I get it. I get it from a, an emotional standpoint. I get it from, from what has happened. But there has to be forgiveness in our hearts for us to extend forgiveness to others and especially extend the invitation to those that you may not even like. So today I want to pray for you specifically. And you can either do one of two things right now. And um, if you're online, you can um, respond in the, in, in, the, in the box that says, please pray, pray for me. If you're here, you can stand up. I'm just going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to pray for you. If that hurt is in the way of you loving, if that hurt is in the way of you praying for somebody that you don't like or you don't love or has hurt you, if, if you're hurt in such a way that, that it's a barrier to your prayer, will you just stand right now and there's no shame in it? I'm standing. Yeah. God wants to set you free from that hurt. He wants to set you free from that pain. He wants to remove the barrier that has kept you in this little bit of anger and this little bit of frustration, this little bit of pain that you're experiencing. And I just want to pray that God completely, completely set you free 
with forgiveness, with God's love, and that you'll be in, able to begin to pray for those who have hurt you, those who have persecuted you. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch the hearts and the lives of each person that's standing or each person that's responding online. In the name of Jesus, you would make a difference. God, allow us all to forgive. Allow us all to extend that love that you've extended to us. May we extend it to others, especially to those that have hurt us. So that we can pray and we can pray freely for our love of those people, our love of those hearts, our love of those souls, so that we can see that soldier redeemed, so that we can see our friends redeemed, so that we can see our families redeemed, so that we can see our co-workers redeemed, so, and even our enemies. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us to be set free from our anger, from our frustration, from our hurt, from our pain. Let, no longer let it be a barrier to our prayers for them. I pray in the name of Jesus that you touch each heart right now in the powerful name of Jesus. We declare our freedom from that hurt. We declare our freedom from that pain. We declare our freedom from that unforgiveness and we forgive in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you're here today and you don't have, if you're online or on site and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I just want to pray a simple prayer. He loves you. He, he's forgiven you of your sin as long as you accept his forgiveness. You confess your sin. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've asked for your forgiveness. And based on the work he did on the cross, you are set free. And then you say, I believe that you were raised from the dead. And then you commit to follow him for the rest of your life. And the Bible says you're saved. You're redeemed. You're on your way to heaven. And today then you begin the journey of committing your life to follow him for the rest of your life. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept your forgiveness based on the work that you did on the cross. And I confess that you rose again three days later and today promised me eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.